The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> yes, fuck Buster Flex, drop another bomb on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Six seconds of fun. <laughs> now, anyway, and sound effects you have. Well, well one. No, my name is, no. Yeah, no, I know, I know. My name is Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Needle on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. <laughs> and once again, dropping a bomb on it straight from the streets of Brooklyn. One agent underscore score seven on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. What's up, everybody? We are here during the anniversary week of hip hop. We're Brooklyn, we're Brooklyn, we're Brooklyn from the Borough of Kings. And and as revealed to Agent Seventy right before the show, one of us is feeling every bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you that, folks. Uh, um, oh boy, a week apart from 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 hip hop. This is that's a crazy ass thing. Anywho, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. <laughs> You can also find us on your podcast proof of place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Cold Slow the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Please make sure to hit like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You know, I, I just had a thought. If we could have pulled in Eclectic for this show, it would have probably had nothing to do. I don't know if you know if he's even reading any books right now. We would have never. It would have never happened knowing him. But still, that would have been some funny shit if we would have gotten him. <laughs> you know what? I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we'll, we'll mention. Well, you know, I'll shoot him a, a message saying that we that we mentioned him. We, we name dropped him on the show. We're always thinking of him. I definitely was thinking of him during my celebration of uh, hip hop's 50th anniversary week this year. Right. And, and if you don't know about the eclectic uh, um, discussion podcast, you should go check it out on your podcast for the place of choice. Um, and he's out there. I'm sure I'll put a, a, a link in the show notes for, for that, for all things music, hip hop, and just all types of non-secretors, here's and there's. 
Um, yep. Exactly, exactly. But this is the Comic Book Chronicles, and we can be found if you're looking for we, the CBC. So just come check us out, because 24-7, our mic's in the house. I just had to pull oh, yeah. out. Uh, shout out to Bismarcky. Um, gone but not forget, forgotten. But, like I said, we record every Thursday night, uh, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, uh, on the, the closed lizards. I'm sorry, nope, that's not true. On YouTube.com slash TheClickNation and Twitch.tv slash Chronicles. Make sure to like, subscribe, and uh, hit the notification button so that you know when we are on live broadcasting because today we are not on our regularly scheduled programming date. <laughs> Indeed, and if I and if I think uh, uh, so I'm all kind of discombobulated, but hey, hip hop does it, you know, <laughs> hip hop does it for me. Uh, all of the podcast places of choice. We'll we'll revisit this at the end of the show. I ain't read about it. We are, however, got a good pack shows for this evening because uh, we're going to start off with. So, well, one I'm gonna say we are a week out from um, Star Wars Ahsoka. As of uh, whenever you hear this, um, <laughs> this 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 fine week, or actually technically two weeks, excuse me, but uh, we the time's going to be funny because this show, the next show is going to come a couple of days after this show. Yeah, pretty much, right? So, so very quickly, right? Roddy Cat uh, is going to tell you about what is coming up in terms of our uh, cinema, you know, our 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 movie and, and television viewing, but I wanted to tell you folks that the reason why we're broadcasting and recording very late this week is because we spent the week celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop and a couple of live shows were taken in Thursday proved to be a fun show. Got in to see the Wu-Tang clan very up close and very not quite personal, but very up close so that is why we had to push recording until today. So, you know, uh, again, you know, we, we mentioned this because there's going to be a lot of hip hop sound drops during the show Quite and references, references and whatnot. So just, uh, uh, you know, help us celebrate, you know, 50 years of the music, the culture and, and, and the essence of hip hop. While we talk about this week in comic books and pop culture. And I was going to just add to say more references than normal, because let's face way it, more with, references yes, than normal. because if you've been with the show any length of time, you know, we have dropped a reference or three or five uh, during the show just for no reason. Oh, right. Right, we're already dropping Funkmaster Flex uh, uh, references. So, yeah, so yeah I heard something. You have everything all right on your end? Uh, think so. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, we're we're so good here. Uh, uh, real quick, shout out to Benji Games too, who's in the uh, audience, also dropping a bomb on it. I see with the emotes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good to see you, guys, sir. Always glad to have you here. Um, but yeah, so during this time, just, well, you know what, hey, you, you've been with us this long, you know, <laughs> keep on loving us. That's all I can say. All right. Uh, right. and well, with Ahsoka coming up in two weeks. Yes. Um, two weeks as of this recording, Ahsoka, um, uh, we will talk about another show, uh, when we talk about books in a few minutes. So I'll leave that one there. That is actually already dropped. So if you're wondering why that show that we're going to mention then uh, is not going to be talked about tonight is because we just found out that actually the day the, the few minutes before we recorded that the show was actually out. 
So. Because we've been busy celebrating the anniversary of hip-hop, so we didn't exactly have a lot of time on our hands to watch this particular Netflix drop. That's right. a big clue as to what it is. There it is. And not the hip-hop one, but even though there was a hip-hop documentary, uh, Ladies First, that did drop also this week. But that's we're not talking. We're talking about something more comic-related. And with that, first book we're going to get into, which I should have had the cover up well already. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-one, Legacy issue number nine hundred and twenty-five, folks. Right. So normally this is where I would shout out all of the wonderful members of the creative team on a book. But guess what, folks? There are a ton of stories in this book because it is kind of an anniversary slash uh, uh, double sized format book. So I'm going to deal with. I guess the main story and maybe the second story. Uh, first up, the main story is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by both John Romita Jr. and Emilio Liso with Zay Carlos. Inks are by Scott Hanna uh, and Emilio Liso and Zay Carlos. Colors are by Marcio Meniz and Brian Valenza, and letters are by our favorite lettering Python, VC's Joe Caramagna. He letters the entire book, yes. as far as I can tell, so yes. I'm only going to mention him this, uh, uh, this time. The second story is written by Zeb Wells, with art by David Lopez, uh, <clears throat> colors by K.J. Diaz. Uh, the third story is written by Dan Slott, with pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by John Dell, colors by Edgar Delgado. The fourth story is written by Celeste Bronfman, with pencils by Alba Glez and inks by Elizabetta D'Amico and Craig Young, with colors by Jim Campbell. That's where I drew the line. I wasn't going any further than that. Uh, I mean, I can hit the rest. Real yeah, if you want to hit the rest, go ahead. Um, wait, where'd you stop? You said four. Uh, yeah, with uh, uh Bronfman, yeah, uh, Glez, D'Amico, Young, and Campbell. So we don't know who did anything on the one after that on five that's probably that, why i stopped <laughs> right because that one didn't have any credits on it so and we don't know who to credit to i, I don't want to give that one to zeb wells um so we don't know that one six was dan slot also written by uh written by dan slot uh art by Paco medina uh color artist uh um eric arseniega and well letters already taken care of so just take Joe Caramanga for everything, for Mania, for everything. Uh, seven right. was a story that was written and drawn by Albert Montez. Uh, eight was written by, um, may have done everything, I'm not sure. I can't, because um, that was the only name that was on that one. Kale Atkinson. Uh, nine was Zeb Wells write, written. Um, I should have put this in another order. Uh, da, 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 nine was uh, also Patrick Gleason. Because that was a, uh, I think that was the one that was from next uh, next issue. That was kind of a weird one, also. Uh, right. Color artist Edgar Delgado, and um, that's it. Because next to that, uh, was there one more? Yes, ten. We don't actually also know. I I don't know who it is, but there's a new story on that one. Because if that's the one I'm thinking it is, it's about an upcoming. Some of these stuff was for uh, upcoming stuff. 
and some of it yeah is some of it's, just, yeah some of it's promoing upcoming stuff right and some of it's just kind of ancillary things and stuff that's kind of already been or sewing up some stuff that's already you know, that uh, that was being taken uh, that was brought up previously in other places i'll say that right right interestingly and i'll and, and i'll drop this well no you know i'll drop it later I'll, I'll hold on to it so we'll go in order so first up our first story is basically uh you know very much in the realm of pop culture weddings things almost never go the way they're supposed to especially and marvel stuff it's very much say again especially marvel stuff right but things never go the way they're supposed to at a wedding. And uh, this is the wedding of uh, Randy Robertson, the son of uh, uh, the, uh, the, the Robertson that we all know and love. Robbie. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, you know, but he's the, he's the Robbie Robertson, right? He's the Robertson that we all know and love, right? <laughs> uh, and the daughter of one Lonnie Lincoln – that being Janice Lincoln, the current Beatle. Mm-hmm. So it's the wedding between the Lincolns and the Robertsons. And guess what, folks? Things don't go well. What's funny is that the character that Matt Wang, shout out to at Matt Wang 97. The character that Matt Wang specifically pointed out to us in our conversation about this whole gang war stuff is the instigator oh, of yeah. this particular event. So I my ignorance was showing when I was like, wait, is this somebody new? And then I looked back, I was like, no, that's somebody who's been around. And and, and I thought about that too. I was like, damn it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to at Matt Wang 97 for bringing up this particular character because I started laughing <laughs> when I was reading this. I was like, wow, Matt had this pegged from jump that this character would play a somewhat prominent role in this. It's and as if he had prior part, knowledge. Uh, he might very well have. You know, he might very well have. Um, what, I li- what, 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 what I guess I'll end, you know, my part of this conversation is that this is the impetus for the upcoming storyline. This gang war storyline. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. So you already hit it. Okay. So, I mean, you know, without spoiling it, what actually happens... Uh, you know, this is the impetus. This is the 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 the, the uh, what what gets this gang war storyline moving in the direction it's going to move. Oh wait, hold on. Before we move on, uh, I, w- I would say if any longtime Spider fans know the character of Tombstone and had any kind of a question of whether he was a black and knight, he makes a statement that pretty much cements it in the, in the course of the story. If you didn't already, if you couldn't already tell, that character was supposed to be black. It, it it is concreted, completely concreted. That's, now. that's funny. I mean, I always knew he was, but oh okay. yeah, I knew I did too. But I'm just saying, the, what he says here is like, yeah, you can't. There's no way anywhere you can mistake that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I also wanted to note that uh, uh, bachelor and bachelorette parties were had, and there was an interesting development coming out of the uh, Janice Lincoln bachelorette party, which led to. Uh, possible change in relationship status for uh, yes. some of the lead characters that we've been following in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man. Which had me thinking, I was like, wow, that was quicker than I expected, but also part of the course, if it sticks. 
Which I like guess. Yeah. I guess, and you notice that they 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 seem to uh, introduce a possible other uh, love interest uh, at the wedding. I didn't see that as that, but I could see it. Yeah, because I thought about. I kind of thought about that about two seconds. I'm like, no, they wouldn't do that. But you've done it before, so I wouldn't be. So yeah, if that is if that is up how that happens, then sure, yeah. Right. Then, I mean, listen. He's he's Peter Parker. He is the somewhat unlikeliest, uh, the unlike uh, the, the the most unlikely uh, playboy in the Marvel universe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But with some other stuff that we'll talk about in a second, also it could be a turning point in another relationship, but we don't know that yet either. So right. moving right along to the second story. Uh, Right, so the second story follows up on the events of several issues ago and the Hellfire Gala. And that is a big hint as to what goes on in this particular short story. Mm-hmm. And uh, it obviously involves one Kamala Khan and her new status quo. Mm-hmm. Oh, the only thing I'm going to say about this one is like Kamala is still Kamala, and that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice a little bit of the Parker art? made him look a little bit like Tom Holland towards the end? A little bit. I did notice that. Yes. I was like, huh. Okay. Like, yeah, that's... I'm just, <laughs> I was going to say MCU vacation, but we can't really put that on that, but I did notice it. Okay. Next up. All right. Yeah, the third story is very short. It's yeah. just, you know, pushing a little bit of Doc Ock stuff. Yeah, we see how his uh, next iteration or return to his former identity comes about. And I knew this was going to, I, you know, like I had a feeling, I think they touched on this in the last issue mm. of their fight is that mm. he was missing something. Right. And once I saw that, I said, oh, so that's going to be the impetus. That's going to be the, 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 the turning point that gets him do, going down this path of revisiting this whole superior stuff. Mm-hmm. Which this part takes place in the bar with no name. And I only mentioned that because it comes up in, a, in another story coming up. Uh, which we can get to the next one, which goes back to if so, we didn't get to talk about uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual uh, from last week because we didn't have it at the time. Um, mm-hmm. As I told Agent Seven before the show, there was a little bit part that that not necessarily kind of brings us up, but you can see where something that was said uh, in conversation then might come back up at some point, and this next one. Uh, is that because it's uh, MJ and Paul in therapy, still in therapy mm. because of what happened to them with that whole last arc or whatever the case may be, or during that whole last arc. Um, so, and that's all I'll probably you know say about that. Also, well, actually, I will say this because I, I had it in my notes saying another Marvel redhead dealing with the loss of blanket to blanket blank. Right. So. Right. 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 And, and I kind of got a kick out of Felicia Hardy makes yes. a guest appearance in this story. And she talks about how green isn't uh, MJ's color. And I laugh at that because that is the color that she's rocking in the animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but also, she also comes bearing gifts, which uh, we had a story about this one a week or two ago about her uh, assuming an identity. And now she has her, her uh, super suit to do right. so. 
Now she has her super suit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And of course, MJ's famous uh, famous line is uh, respun, just like Uncle Ben's famous line was respun by, uh, no pun intended either way, by Felicia. Uh, the last part, but the first, the, 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 MJ did say her, her, her signature line in a different way. Right. So next up, we got, so we're number five. Right. This is the, right. I was about to say, this is the story where we are not sure. Yes. We don't have credits. That's right. correct. But, um, but what it is, is that it's a, it's a lead into the upcoming Spider-Woman mm-hmm. series. And again, uh, bar with no name. It's Taskmaster versus Spider Woman, and then some other stuff after that for reasons we won't get into. But it definitely, um, it, um, yeah, you see where her story, where her her uh, series is going to be dealing with. Sure, it makes sense too. Mm-hmm. It absolutely makes sense that you know that 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 this this would be where they pick up because of the whole aftermath of uh, End of the Spider Verse, right? Of which a character just finds out about uh, during the course of that, who's looking for her. Right. Now, the next one um, is kind of a retcon, seemingly, but also is leading into the Spider-Boy book. Right. Because we have a character here who I thought was Madame Mask when they talked about it. I was like, that's not, that's not Madame Mask for certainly. But let's just say we found out, uh, like I said, we've, some Spidey villains' m- origins might have a slight retcon to them. Uh, and we'll leave it at that. And like I said, this is a lead into the Spider-Boy book. Yep. So next up. Right. And, and the next one is kind of like a one-off story about yeah. this dude who has a thing for getting rescued yes and uh yeah it's a little on the silly side but in this day and age of you know social media i you know i'm kind of mildly surprised that he's not you know posting it as it's happening yeah yeah i also noted that he kind of looks like a redheaded jimmy olsen yeah redheaded jimmy olsen um also johnny storm's a good friend that's all we can we can say about that right uh, so the next one after that um, has to do with Spidey and a goose. And, that's, <laughs> and there's another uh, two-pager. Um, right. And uh, Doc Ock kind of shows up for a bit. And uh, in my notes, I have basically titled Goose Game, which if you're a video game player, you understand that reference. So, But that was fun. It was, it was cute. Like, it was just for what it was. Uh, the one after that is something from uh, that um, informs next issue. Yeah, this Red Goblin stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Red Goblin stuff is back. She's not the Goblin Queen because the Goblin Queen is Madeline Pryor. This is Red Goblin stuff. Yeah, I, and, I, and I had Goblin Queen, although I think she was going by something. But yeah, the Red Goblin is, is her actual name. Um. Right. But I think she was bucking for the Governor Queen thing. I don't remember why I put that there. Regardless, her and Craven and next issue. And the her and Craven stuff was already bad enough. But the next issue thing, I was like, okay, here we go. Yep, 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 yep. And finally, um, as I said in my notes, what the fuck? 
because <laughs> Agent 70 knows more about what's going on here than I did. Uh, which is a callback to a story that apparently is, uh, well, one, we have a new story on, and two, apparently Marvel's saying is the most no, no, notorious uh, Spidey. Oh! I had to. Uh, Spidey story ever. I was about to say, it's a Duran Duran and a Biggie reference. There you go. <laughs> Two birds, one quote. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that one was a, was a weird one for me. I was like, what the hell is this going on here? But, you know, as doing some um, reading afterwards, I was like, okay. But we'll get to that when we get to the news section. And that's pretty yep. much how um, this uh, Legacy Issue 925 set of out. Yeah, it took me a while to read it, right? And that's one of the reasons why we led with it, because there's a lot to it. There is a lot happening in this issue that bears watching and monitoring as we move forward in the Spider-Man universe, the corner of the, the Spider-Man corner of the Marvel universe, because like it or not, Zeb Wells is telling a very long form story. So if you're in any way interested in where this story goes, you're going to have to stay on for the ride. Yeah. What the heck is going on back there? Keep. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but we're still good, so. All right. Um, so, yeah, next book we have in common is, is Immortal X-Men number 14. Immortal X-Men number 14 is written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Lucas Vernack, colors by David Curiel and Ar- Eric Arseniega, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So check this out, folks. Some of the things that we had questions about coming out of the events, the incredibly dramatic events of the Hellfire Gala, are addressed in this issue, because this issue really does, in fact, push things in a very, you know, gives things a lot of forward momentum, right? We know where certain characters are placed. We see what has happened, what has happened to certain characters in the wake of the Hellfire Gala. Apparently, as we said uh, last week, what book were we referencing last week? Was it X-Men 25? Uh, We were reading X-Men 25. Yes, 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 yes. That's what we were reading. So, the same conceit from last week. X weeks later. So it's implied that it's 10 weeks later. We're two and a half months out from the events of the Hellfire Gala. And one Professor Charles Francis Xavier has had a chance to grow a little bit of facial hair. <laughs> Just Because he can't he grow could. the hair on the top of his head, so he grows it on his chin and, you know, and his uh, sideburns and his uh, upper lip. Yeah. Um, Charles is down bad, folks. Yeah, Rightly yeah, so yeah, after yeah, the events of the... Uh, he's in the dumps. He's in the dumps. Yeah. He's also the only one on Krakoa still. So, um... Which... Um... Is going to be a thing. But also, it's probably a good thing because of, um... Certain things going on around it. Not to give too much away... Right, right. He's basically defending Krakoa, mm-hmm. right? And he's doing an excellent job of it because people are looking to exploit the situation. Including one former mutant? 
I don't know if that's a retcon or I mean, or is that? Just... I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're doing with this. Yeah, this, this is a very interesting. It's very interesting how they are treating this particular long time, long standing X Men villain. Right, which we know he had his own machinations going on, or tried to anyway, before some things happened during um, or oh, whatever, what, whatever, whatever. Um, or during, I would say during this whole time, this Gregorian era, which, uh, got snuffed out of him, but apparently he still kind of got it on him. Um, yep. I, I can't remember if this is the book that mentions Hoxpox or it was something I read last week, but I thought that was a pretty, um, um, a pretty cool, cool thing. But also the title has something to do with, uh, um, well, the title, which if you look at the title and start reading it, you kind of wonder where does this character come in. But also, um, you start reading it's like, oh, I see, kind of a thing, right? Um, which actually reminds me of another book from that I thought was came out this week that I didn't put out. Actually, there was a book that I forgot to put in my notes, which I'll be doing in a second. Um, but a, a book from last week that I read that had to do with said character, but which I won't really go into. Um, but there's that. Yeah. Immortal was good this week. Um, I, yeah, um, well, I was about to say what we left out, what we haven't addressed is where this book ends. This book ends on a very specific, uh, allegory. Yes. And, and a very specific, uh, with very specific imagery. Right. Let's just say there is a very powerful mutant who is rightfully named because of what hap- what is happening at the end of this book. Yes, as they are doing just what this this uh that character's name is. Yeah, I'm like, wait, so is this what this character was named for all this time? That would be the longest con <laughs> ever. I yeah. doubt that, but <laughs> that'd be pretty good. If like, well, we got him here, so we might as well use it for what it is. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, we also find out there's some status changes with a, a um with a, a couple of people. Uh, namely one Wilson Fisk, aka the the Kingpin. Um, and apparently Emma Emma also knows about the Illuminati somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Because of a couple, because because of, of her referencing some stuff. Um, or some people, I should say. And it also scratches head because we we found out partially found out something we were curious about as of uh, X Men twenty five or as of the gala uh, with some with some folks, but we still don't necessarily know what's going on with that yet, and where that might be and going on. So we'll we'll see what happens with that cuz if you could pull out we I think Agent 7 did pull out a name and I was thinking of another name also that could have had something to do with it but it doesn't seem like either so far or at mm-hmm. least one more one of the other so we'll see either way good book check it out yeah um, it's important yeah. much like X-Men number 25 was in terms of following along with this post hellfire gala slash fall of x storyline this is a this is a book that you need to read yeah if you're looking to try to keep up with the fall of x storyline right also it tickled me that destiny looked like leandra at the beginning of the book i was like for for about two seconds i thought wait why is leandra here she wasn't at the gala 
Like, oh, oh Lalandra. Oh, okay, Lelandra, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very Shi'ar. Very yeah. Shi'ar. So I was like, huh, weird. But anyway, that is... And, and, and I'll be honest, you know, all I can hope for is bad things to happen to Destiny. I've never liked that character. Kind of kind of glad to see bad things happen to her. But you know what? We, we shouldn't do that. I mean, hey, look, she has her... She she's clearly have her had her place uh, in, this, in the grand uh, stream of things uh, lately. Even if she doesn't know what's what's going on with her better half at this point, and what's right. going to happen after that, right? So, weirdly enough, it's almost taking her back to um, Inferno-ish time, because because she says here's like, yeah, I don't know, there's gaps in my in my visions and whatnot. I'm drawing a blank, but she's she's not getting as hysterical as she was then. No, oh, follow the mutants. Follow the mutants. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember which one. It follow was. the because I I I clearly remember her being just annoying in Follow the Mutants. Like I can't see you're all dying. I thought it was Inferno also though. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it all kind of blends in with her just doing her around that whole time. But right, 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 right. So either way, that that's that's neither here nor there. So we'll find out what's going on that as as things go. Uh, I believe we did say we had one more book we were going to get into, and this one is um. Is a treat, I will dare say. Yes, and that yes. is Met Cadets number one. Yes, this is a book, folks, that uh, we have seen develop over time, and that is a treat indeed. So, Met Cadets number one, published by Boom, is written by Greg Pak, illustrated by Takeshi Miyazawa, colored by Ian Herring, and lettered by Simon Boland. So. Roddy Cab made a good point just prior to the show a few days ago when we were thinking about what day we were considering which day we were going to record. One reason Roddy Cat gave for pushing this until today was to give him some time to uh, refresh his memory and recollection by catching up on the preceding issues of Mech Cadet U, YU. And those issues lead into, basically directly into yep. this volume of Mech Cadets. And, you know, it's, it's important to understand that this is the continuation of the Mech Cadet U storyline. So uh, if you have any interest in this, I think it's fair to say that you should go back and read Mech Cadet U. I will add on to that and say you should definitely read Met Cadet U for two reasons. One, it's a great read because I happen to, uh, yes, I happen to read the whole thing in a, a I guess in a, consolidately in a couple of hours, but it actually took me a, a good day, but for reasons. But that's beside the point. Um, it, with a couple hour stretches, um, but it's a good quick read. You should definitely check it out. It came out in twenty eighteen. Uh, I think pretty much the same uh, creative team. Uh, so for the fact that this is continue the mechanism continuing that story is is a great thing, but also um, as we will, well, it's talk two about, volumes. It's two volumes. Hold that thought. It's two volumes, it's two, right? Um, it's like two miniseries. I mean, I guess I don't know. I only saw it was twelve issues. So yeah, I guess they did break them up in two volumes. Yeah, like I think it's two six. Yeah, I think it's right. two six issue uh, limited series because that's how I remember collecting them. Right. And as I recall, Age of Seventy was reading uh, or at least started reading. Uh, no, I read them all. You read them all. I read okay, them. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember you talking about them. 
Um, yep. But I said, and I said I was going to do it. But the other reason before I lose, lose my thought was, if you are a fan of, let's say, mech, uh, anime, Gundams, that kind of stuff, I think you will, and um, I think you'll like Mech Cadet U and Mech Cadets so far, anyway. Yeah. Uh, that being said, we can go ahead and start talking about that. Did you already give the creative team? You did. You did already. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I, you know, the reason why I wanted to mention that there are that there's pre-existing ideas and concepts that you need to familiarize yourself with before going into this is because they jump right into the action mm-hmm. in this issue. And you know, as we said earlier, Mechadet U is a Mechadet that is is out now as a enemy as an animated series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That was the and, one we were alluding to earlier. Right. And interestingly, right, you know, I wonder how this is going to play into the adaptation. This volume is going to play into the adaptation because, uh, you know, I'm reading this and I'm looking at it like, wow, uh, there are definitely some themes here that are that go a little bit beyond what was in the original Mechadet U because the original Mechadet U read very much like a shonen, right, mm-hmm. where there is a kid who is you know kind of on the outside kind of underprivileged kind of a little bit of under everything and finds himself uh able to connect with this version of mech right and i don't want to spoil what that means because it's very i think it's very much worth a read for everyone that is listening and watching to the comic book chronicles but in any event this issue starts off a new arc where that shonen like story that sh- that particular shonen story is set aside somewhat for a different style of shonen story because this is very much the group dynamic and how the group meshes together as a team and also you know dealing with some real world you know talking about allegory real world uh parallels uh, some real world issues are brought up as parallels, uh, you know, in parallel to in the story. Mm-hmm. This is true. I mean, I so I'm I'm going to go back and reiterate the fact that if you like, the, if you are a fan of Gundam uh, stories, you will find some parallels to that in this because even down to going back to the Met Cadet U stuff, there is some similarities there and and I would not be surprised if Greg Pak, you know, had some sort of inspiration there with this. It would be hard not to um not to find that there if that was the case, but you know, don't know one way or the other. But it's 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 right there, put it that way. Right. And partially for me, that's because I do love mech stories and, and, and Gundam stuff and like that. So that's what made reading through Mech that you and and shown and, and and the the like anime um so good for me especially reading it in one fell swoop as a, pretty much as it did so it was just all right there and i could just like keep going with it and then popping into met cadets which uh, i mean as edge of 70 says yeah it's kind of different but it actually still surfaces as uh, a similar shonen thing like sometimes those shonen do have like a down moment before it kind of gets to the thing and as right. i suspect is going to happen and this is fresh for me because, you know, having just read Mechadet U, 
probably some stuff that was teased uh, in one-off ways in Cadet U is probably are probably going to get addressed here. I suspect. Um, if they don't, that that would be a missed opportunity because, like, yeah, you can't just bring up you know X and Y and not just you know bring it up, especially when you have a, a new volume coming out. Right, that's, that seems to expand on what uh, on, on what happened. So, but we'll see. And like I said, with the show um, that is out right now, which, have, as I understand, is supposedly adapting uh, Met Cadet U in most parts, and I'm guessing possibly go into this um, at some point. Like I said, it just it came uh, as of this recording it was three days ago. And neither one of us, uh, we just found out about it uh, the day we were, uh, right before we started recording. So neither one of us right. had a chance to uh, check it out. Well, I, I take it back. Check it out in full because I watched like a couple of minutes of it and I see where they started off at. Um, which is slightly different from Met Cadet, how Met Cadet U starts, but you see where they're going with it. Cause, but as Agent 70 said before the show, adaptation, you know, you, they add and subtract stuff and... You know, they they change things for for uh, adaptation purposes, which you know, right. so far, you know, I, I can't say that I mind too much because I'm about to get into again, only watch a couple of minutes, right? Uh, but yeah, like I said, everything, everything. This is also a potential click of the week for well, it's a it's it's a, it's a great story. If I would say if Mechadet U was current. I would say that was that that is as a whole would be a current uh, as a potential click of the week for me because right. I enjoyed the hell right. out of that uh, out of that story reading it. Yeah, no, it was good, man. I I I, I enjoyed talking to Greg Pak about it and getting you know like I have you know the, the 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 first few issues of the first volume and I think the first issue of the second volume signed by him, mm-hmm. and I was very happy that uh, it had uh, gone into. Uh, development at netflix and now we're about to see the you know see that come to fruition so that's pretty cool right which it, it yeah it kind of went quiet for a while because i remember when we talked about it, it was going to be a thing and then we didn't really hear anything about it until now pandemic so, right well that yeah exactly or, or yeah and or whatever but i mean there are some some stuff that's like well things kind of go quiet because they're doing x y and z whatever and they just kind of keep low until they have something to to, to show and prove and, right, right. Yeah. But this is definitely, I think, a product. You know, like the, it, us not hearing much about it is probably, probably a direct result of the pandemic because this is pre-pandemic, like the first two volumes. Mm-hmm. So I definitely remember talking to Greg Pak and it had already gone into development then. So, you know, development hell. It wasn't necessarily in development hell. Right. It was just taking its time. And it's also animation. So that yeah, takes and, a while. And given the type of animation they are using, which is more CG, I yeah, it, that's I see where it's going to take a time. Uh, if folks watch the Ultraman, so as I told Age of Seven before the show, the Ultraman uh, Netflix series, it's kind of similar to that CG animation. So you, you got to get an idea of what you're dealing with in that. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Check out uh, Mechadets and uh, Mechadet U uh, prior to that. And with that, um, I don't think we have anything else. Well, we do have a couple other things in common. We have on, we have a bunch of stuff in common, but we need to go into rapid fire because so we've got we a lot of books to get through. Mm-hmm. So here we go. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> I 
<laughs> that also reminds me every time, the- that particular one is also a date that they use at the end of Danger Mouse. So that is all, or the, the, the bomb sound they use in Danger Mouse. So that's funny on a couple of different accounts. Sure, sure, sure. All right. First up, The Avengers number four is written by Jed McKay with art by CF Via, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VCs Cord Petit. So the the enemy here is called the Ashen Combine. And I swear the same dumb joke jumps into my head. Why not just get some lotion and take care of the Ashen Combine? <laughs> and they'd just be <laughs> done and over with. But that's not going to work here. Because these are, are some pretty presupposing powerful characters. This is very much along the lines of like... Uh, uh, the children of Thanos, but maybe even on a higher level. Yeah, and we're Black seeing Order. you know the Avengers being put to the test here as a group and as individuals. So you know they're being kind of brought to their knees, and hope, and and we're wondering if the Avengers are going to find their way out of this in the next issue or two. Anything else to add? Uh, uh take a look at these uh, covers that I'm putting out that I'm showing on the the video version. Because there's some good stuff, including the corner box one that Mark's books did. Outside of that, um, yo, um, uh, Sam Wilson and and Black Panther still got beef with each other, and uh, it, it, it is dripping in this particular um, uh, issue as they are scoping out uh, a situation that, weirdly enough. Could be kind of similar to uh, Met Cadets, actually, uh, or Met Cadet U in a in a certain way, or at least a part of uh, Met Cadets or Met Cadet U, excuse me. So, uh, check it out. Next up, next up is Children of the Vault number one of four. This is written by Denise Camp with art by Luca Maresca, colors by Carlos Lopez, and letters by VCs Corpetit. This miniseries is part of the Fall of X story. And basically uh, talks about the immediate fallout of the Children of the Vault basically getting out of the trap that Forge had laid for them in the pages of X-Men. And what comes – what they do once they've been released from that particular uh, brain loop or, or dream loop trap is an interesting thing, which is to try to make the world a better place. Right, because when we saw them, and kind of spoiler alert for the gala, they did um, have a part in, in one section of the gala where they made a proclamation, or one of them made a procl- proclamation that they don't, that they're not trying to um, deal with at this point. Whether that will come right. into play, we don't know. But for now, this is a four-issue limited series, though, so we will we will probably see in the next issue what their actual plans are. Right. You know, this seems very much like a Thunderbolt type thing. Like, oh, we're here to help. <laughs> you or know? if you're old like me, a V situation where it's like, oh, these aliens seem to be coming to help, but they probably got, but they definitely got other designs going on. Exactly. And, and, and there's, there are definite teases in this issue because Bishop and Cable are brought together to team up uh, and, and to try to take on the children of the vault. And, you know, there is a reveal of possible, you know, uh, 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 bad things that they've done already since they've been let out. But, you know, we'll get more information on that going forward, probably in the next issue. 
Right. And speaking of Bishop and Cable, yeah, because, um, well, part of that was, I guess, now we see what happened with Cable because we, as we saw, uh, uh, what happened to him and part of the gala. But the last thing I'm going to say about this is like, I want to, for- I totally forgot how much they didn't like each other <laughs> for, for reasons. I mean, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a time when I was not reading a lot of Bishop stories and they really took him into a very weird and very dark place. Right. So, you know, and this is probably in between when I was reading him at his, at, at, at my peak of reading him as a character, reading his stories as a character and us starting, uh, the comic book chronicles. So, you know, that in between time, uh, you know, they did a lot with Bishop and, and with Cable and their interactions and how they interact and, right. you know, why they are often butting heads with each other. Right. And speaking of, I, I would, part of me reading this wish they had a, like a, a buddy cop series. Because <laughs> they, they Listen, cause the way they, they could. They, yeah, because the way they get along in this, it was like, yeah, this is like one of those classic uh, 80s action movies where buddy cop movies where they're like, yeah, we don't like each other. Like, like some Tango and Cash type shit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Tango and Cash, oh, kids, was a minute. You look it up. Next oh, up. No. Next up is Guardians of the Galaxy number five. It's written by former guests of the Comic Book Chronicles, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, with art by Kev Walker, colors by Matt Hollingsworth, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So, the Guardians, for the most part, have been reassembled, reforged. And now they're off to try to rescue the, their missing compatriot, Groot, who is off basically annihilating corners of the galaxy. They're trying, the Guardians are trying to do their darndest to reach out to Groot, and not a lot is working. And the issue ends on a cliffhanger where we're led to believe that they will reveal the origin of Grootfall in the sixth issue, finally. They're not pulling a Zeb Wells. <laughs> I was just about to say, take that, Zeb Wells. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Marvel has heard everyone complaining about Zeb Wells on Amazing. So they're, I think, very much putting all of these uh, reveals in the first five or six issues. I wish we could say that was, well, I guess we can still, but I, but, I wish yeah, we could. FF did it, now Guardians is doing it. Yeah, I know, but at the same time, it's like uh, as much time as it takes, you know, these to spin up. I guess they still could have in certain because yeah, because FS only got ten issues, so I guess, I guess they could have done that. But it was like I don't know. I feel like the time frame doesn't actually add up to where to where that would be the case. But like I said, you know, it it could could be the case because these are newer series than 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 that Zeb Wells well no Zeb Wells story has been going on at this point. And actually, well, maybe, maybe not, because uh, Amazing's been coming out every two weeks. So, anyway, regardless, yeah, it, the, if that is the case, great. <laughs> Do more of that. Less of Zeb Wells. Next up. Yep, yep. Next up is Miles Morales, Spider-Man number nine. It's written by Cody Ziegler, with art by Federico Vicentini and Federico Sabatini. Colors by Brian Valenza and letters by VCs Corey Petit. I'm not going to spoil 
too much of this book because Roddy Cat is going to circle back and read this and catch up because I believe he is now two issues behind on the Miles book now that the Carnage crossover has ended. Bottom line here, though, is that the Hobgoblin is you know up to up to bad things. Miles is not at a hundred percent, but he does have Starling with him in a very uh, black cat. Uh, you know, supporting role kind of, you know, partnership where, uh, you know, they're each saving each other's butts while they are fighting a somewhat superior foe in this version of the Hobgoblin. Um, the, the teaser, uh, uh, cliffhanger page at the end basically teases a character we spoke of earlier this show. Uh, in uh, in relation to uh, Amazing uh, Spider-Man number 31. So it shouldn't be a surprise that this particular character would be rearing her head. That's the only spoiler I'll give uh, in this corner of the... in this part of the Spider-Man corner of the Marvel Universe. Next up is Silk number four of five. It's written by Emily Kim with art by Ig Guara, colors by Ian Herring, and letters by VCs Ariana Marr. Roddy Cat and I both read this book, so we will both have at least a little bit of things to, you know, at least a few things to mention about this book. I will say that I definitely enjoy this particular kind of grouped storytelling. Because Emily Kim has been allowed to expand on her story over the course of two limited series. And that's allowed us to kind of keep track of what's going on without having to, you know, kind of understand like a new status quo or anything like that. You know, bottom line, it does help to have read her previous volume on Silk to understand what's going on now. But if it comes down to it and you don't have access, you can still enjoy this issue and this series without it, but it is far more helpful to you and beneficial to you as a reader to go back and read the previous volume because it will make a lot more sense. It would help this volume make a lot more sense because we have Cindy versus, uh, basically a combination of two enemies that have, plagued her over the course of Emily Kim's storytelling. And now we have here these two enemies combined. Maybe not necessarily combining forces, but definitely combined. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, pretty much that. Yeah, really not much else to, to say. <laughs> yeah, because, because as I said, I think it's important to have read the previous volume also. Mm-hmm. All right, next up and last for me is a book that only I read, and that is Godzilla, Here There Be Dragons, number two from IDW. It's written by Frank Thierry with art by Inaki Miranda, colors by Ava De La Cruz, and letters by Nathan Wittick. I, I, I still say my only concern with this is that it throws out the timeline that Godzilla is created as a radiation breathing monster post world war two, because it basically puts Godzilla in to, you know, uh, as a, as a fire breathing, uh, dragon, basically pre world war two, but it's still very well told. I really like how this story is put together from the point of view of a, a pirate who is deemed untrustworthy 
and basically is seen as telling tall tales, but he is more than likely telling the truth about his encounters with Godzilla. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, if you think back to the very first Godzilla movie, that's kind of the, that, that's kind of what happens is that a couple of, uh, fishing boats get capsized and like there's one surviving, uh, sailor and he's like, I saw something. And that's essentially what happens here. But, you know, it's a twist on that. But I enjoyed it. It's fun to read. Um, and the art by uh, Inaki Miranda and the colors by uh, Ava Dela Cruz do this a very good, do the story a very good service. And that's it for me. Well, all right. Um, start off with a slight bit of clar- clarification because something was bugging me uh, this whole time. Um... It turns out I was actually not wrong in my notes where I where I called the that that one character the the Goblin Queen because that's actually partially what she's going by. Oh uh, really? Yeah. Uh, actually, oh. well, according according to the wiki, she's going by Queen Goblin, but she was also also known as the Goblin Queen. Uh, right. As an right, right, right. Because the youngins who were editing the book forgot that Madeline Pryor was going by the Goblin Queen, but now I guess she just goes by Madeline Pryor. Right, and that was and that was kind of up until slightly recently, you know. The way yeah, exactly, happening. exactly, so, exactly, exactly. But yeah, somebody else has has got that name anyway. Uh, first up for myself, uh, we take a trip, a trek amongst the stars. Excuse me, uh, with Star Wars. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture echoes number four. Um, excuse me. Uh, written by Mark Guggenheim, uh, art by Oleg Chudikov, colors by DC Alonzo, and letters by Jeff Eckleberry, and another book that I forgot to mention, but I forgot that was from last week. So, moving right along. Uh, so, this is, this is taking place um, during the time of Star Wars, Star Trek The Motion Picture. I'm going to do that, folks. So, if you're not used to it now, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, the first Star Trek movie. Uh, this is actually after the events of the movie where the story is, is taking place, and there are some Star Trek shenanigans going on, such as parallel universes, um, a Bajoran orb is in play, but this is in a time well before that was even a, th- a thought. And, um, well, there's no time travel, but the, the first two you, is pretty much on the checklist. Um... So at this point, we have uh, some shenanigans going on near and or in the neutral zone with the Romulans and this uh, parallel universe version of Uhura, who's after this parallel universe version of Chekhov. Uh, and she's got a really mad on for the dude uh, for his uh, his crimes. Uh, so basically what happens here is that uh, she... Thanks to Spock, gets kind of sent out to do some to to uh, to do some hunting, uh, so that the, the the crew can follow. While Kirk and uh, the uh, our Uhura is still trapped on a Romulan ship, trying to find a, a, a weapon that this parallel universe um, checkoff uh, has, which the two are probably going to intersect in the next issue, uh, as things tend to go. Uh, next up, World's Finest Teen Titans number two of six. Uh, blink. There we go. 
uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Emanuela Lupacino, colors by Jody Belair, and letters by Steve Wands. So, this is set during, I'm just going to say, the timeline of the world's finest, uh, the current world's finest uh, Batman Superman book, which, so, as far as I know, is supposedly taking place at some time in the past. Uh, because the because coming out of that world's finest book, uh, Batman Superman book, the Teen Titans have been formed. Um, but this is a slightly different version of this the the classic lineup because there is a member uh, who was not originally on that team who is on this particular team, which is why as I said there was like a seems like there's a parallel timeline thing kind of going on. Nevertheless, um. Um, said member meets someone that she's definitely going to get to know uh, during her course, dur- during her time uh, uh, at some point. But we just we see this meets uh, some get some Donna Troy sightseeing with the crew uh, until they get into some Teen Titans business with um, um. Well, some psychic mess, let's just put it that way, going down in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And uh, leaving off with uh, apparently a convention, which, uh, again, I don't think, well, um, there were comic conventions. This particular convention, Titans Con, um, is something that they're going to, uh, looks like, going to be at. So, yeah, Mark Wade's kind of playing with the timeline just a little little bit. and I am very curious. Also, as I told Agent Seventy, a um, a current term that I have used here, uh, here and there, sports ball shows up in this uh, shows up in this thing. And um, I'm like, sports ball was not a term when the Teen Titans were formed. I'm fairly certain about that. And this is once again using current, you know, current uh, terms and phrases in a. Possibly not even a retcon, but but a but a, a, a classic story. Quote, uh, it's totally, I got the air, air quotes going on because I'm, like I'm still not sure what's going on with this thing as, as far as the timeline. Right. Anyway, it's it's interesting. Uh, next up, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Weapons of Vengeance, Alpha. Uh, I'm honestly not going to say too much about this because I was misled. Or I misled it myself. Whichever one you want to to, uh, to use in this. But, yeah. I'm not reading Ghost Rider or Wolverine. Agent 70 is, so maybe... He, and I know he said he skimmed it, but, you know, it is what it is. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Jeff Shaw. Colors by Rain Barredo. Letters by VCs Travis Lanham. And the reason why I read it is because, um, if you recall, we talked about um, Children of the Vault and Immortal X-Men. And if you also know, there's a checklist of X-Books uh, at the back of um, those issues. And I thought because this book uh, showed up in that, where it did, in between those two books, I thought there might have been something um, that's tying all three of together. There is not. <laughs> and basically this is another, hey, some stuff from the past is coming back to um, not necessarily haunt uh, Logan and uh, Johnny Blaze, but uh, something. 
But um, or you know, if you want to go Wu style, Johnny Blazing. Um, but at the end of the day, it has a damn thing changed. <laughs> Pretty much no. So, uh, so this is them kind of uh, setting off to finish something they that uh, started years past, apparently. With that has something to do, to do with some kid that may be a demon or have some some supernatural tendencies about him for some reason. Uh, but yeah, if you like, hey, those two together, and you got a feel for the nineties, you know, you'll probably want to check out this book. <laughs> uh, next up, though, is Star Wars number thirty-seven, and uh, which is continues that dark droid thing uh, they got going, uh, event that got going on. Uh, let's see. We have creative team of Charles Soule as the writer, art by Madabek Muzabekov. Colors by Rachel Rosenberg and letters by Clayton Cowles. So yeah, um, I can't remember if it was the Dark Droids book that we talked about that I talked about last week or week before last. Um, but like I said, it does continue that, or it was the end of the last uh, Star Wars book where um, we find out a couple things, such as C three PO has been possessed by this droid cult thing that's been going around during a uh, galaxy that that we found out a little bit more in that dark droids book uh we found out he is not the only one in the because lobot uh lando's friend uh and that one-off character that you didn't that you saw in the the, the pre uh in the in the um the original movies or at least one of the original movies um is also affected by what's going on, which causes some shenanigans at the beginning of the book, which Lando uh, tries to get some help with because this is this is uh this is boy, and of course a little reminiscing uh, kind of happens between the two, which leads to uh, a trip uh, the two with the two to um, find someone that they pretty much hit. Um, or find a droid that helped that um let's say Lando's had some dealings with and the 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 uh the rebels had some dealing with that uh they don't know what happened to but Lando does I, I would say it as that uh which leads them to Jabba's palace and some shenanigans also with droids are going on there so this whole dark droids thing is 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 a whole thing for the next couple of months um Leading to what? Don't know. But, hey, here we are. Uh, let's see. Technically, this is the last one for this week, which is Spider-Man Annual Number 1. Um, as I find the bank. There we go. Con- uh, Contest of Ch- Chaos is on order. And y'all know me. I love if you put contests and champions together and I put an of in the m- middle of it. I'm on pretty much on the hook. And this is pretty much along those lines. This is the, uh, I don't necessarily want to call it an event, but it's definitely a thing that is uh, going to be flirting through a, a few animal uh, annuals in the next month or so. And this started from the Scarlet Witch annual, technically, which was from probably like two weeks ago that I talked about. But the first fight is between, if you're watching the video version, uh, is between the two characters that you see on the uh, screen, 
both characters of which we have mentioned this week in in separate books um now come together in this thing uh that has to do with this thing that this little um mini event thing and agatha harkness um that's all i'll pretty much say about that there's a winner there's a loser and there's some other things going on aside that neither one of them knows about but some some things kind of get set in motion uh and with that that is my books for this week uh clicks of, clicks of the week so we didn't get anything from um from our other our co-hosts um <coughs> excuse me Oh, Benji says uh, Chapel Hill is not that far from where I mean, Technically, it's not that far away from either. I mean, it's a, it's a state away, but it ain't terribly far. Because, yeah, I am, I am the states. <laughs> I am southern of that. So there you go. Um, ah. uh, so shout out to Chapel Hill. Uh, do you have yours, Agent 70? I have a couple of candidates. They're pretty clear and straightforward. Uh, as jumbled as Amazing Spider-Man number 31 was, I rather liked what, you know, the overall package and, and it moving the story forward, you know, all the various stories forward. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think the one book that proved to be the strongest uh, to me was Immortal X-Men number 14. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll give Mechadets a lot of credit, but I feel like, you know, you kind of needed to have read the first two miniseries to understand what was going on in that. Mm. Not that, you know, not that Immortal X-Men stands on its own, but I think that Immortal X-Men, you know, pound for pound, I think delivered a lot more because it's picking up so many pieces and moving, you know, moving things forward. Uh, it's, it's required reading if, you, if you're interested in the fall of X storyline. So I give Immortal X-Men number 14 my click of the week. That's fair to say. That is absolutely fair and right to say. Um, yeah, Immortal was, was pretty strong this week. Um, also amazing, but yeah, amazing was a lot. <laughs> like a lot. A lot yeah, a lot. yeah, it took a lot to read. So. It took a lot of time to read. Like I found myself sitting here like I'm just flipping pages. Just mm-hmm. Just keeps going. Yeah, I was I was joking with Agent Seventy about that. I was like, yeah, even after it said the next issue stuff, it was still going. Like yep. an energizer bunny, kept going and going and going, just like a river. It's got a whole lot to give. So it's oh no, give a little at a time. New trails are blazing. <laughs> Action is in effect and always stays in. Oh no. Yeah. Anyway, um. I might actually go with Immortal because that was definitely the strongest one of this week's book. I do. Yeah, I'll do that. And and I'll say for what I'm about to say for after we get to the ads. All righty. Sounds good to me. So ad time. All right. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron. Fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. 
to place your first order with $30 off. And to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Uh, so yeah, before we get into the news, I was going to say, hey, like I said, there's a couple of books I would say you might want to check out from last week, and I won't go too far into them. Uh, Fantastic Four, um, if you uh, was a pretty good read because of what happened there. Ryan North is still kind of doing some 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 good stuff. Um, Scarlet Witch also that also reintroduced something I did not know about, such as a clone of someone that is close to her. Uh, that is no longer currently around, or I guess reintroduces this clone, which I had to do some reading on because I did not know anything about him. And of course, Doctor Strange number I think ten or whatever it was, number six, excuse me. Um, because hey, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, uh, and you know who the War Doctor is, uh you might be quite familiar with what's going on in that because that pretty much uh, gives the origin of that general strange, which also, as I said in my notes, um, kind of seems like a what if, like like the show What If, when uh, that one particular episode uh, that Doctor Strange was, um, uh, or, or that Doctor Strange episode of that What If happened. It's, oh it's, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That's the, That was a cliffhanger from the previous issue. The whole general thing. Okay, I'll have to circle back and read that now. Yeah, yeah. All right, so cinematic news, folks. Uh, first off, apparently, um, storyboard artist Jay Olivia explained that uh, Ben Affleck's uh, solo Batman movie would have embraced the entirety of Bruce Wayne's comic book history. That's 80 years, folks. So apparently, speaking to Inverse, uh, the artist doesn't go into details regarding that film, but he says, quote, is amazing, and explained then that a few, version, a few versions of the story had been created before uh, Affleck, Affleck ultimately left oh, no. the, the project. Quote, uh, from my understanding, there was a couple of drafts of it when I was brought on. I don't know whether it was the second draft or something, but it was Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck. Uh, it was what Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck had showed them. So, I guess we'll never know what it is, but hey, it was uh, supposedly some good stuff. Next up. All right, so to kind of debunk what Gal Gadot said uh, to uh, comicbook.com as part of her, in, in an interview, in a pre-SAG after strike interview, uh, for the Netflix movie Heart of Stone, uh, you know she she basically said that she was developing a threequel with Gunn, with James Gunn and uh, and Saffron over at DEC, uh, and she further emphasized those statements in another sit down with Flaunt Magazine. But now Deadline has confirmed with sources over at Warner Brothers DC Studios that Wonder Woman three is not currently you know there are no current plans for that project. Of course, we're all going to wait and see, especially post 
SAG-AFTRA and WGA strike. Yeah, that whole situation is weird because I think once I even after this article, she's I hear she's still kind of saying that yeah, those stuff, and I think basically what this article is saying is what she's kind of still telling, saying. She's like, yeah, this is you know she took a meeting with those two gents and might be working on something. Who knows? Ain't no telling what's going on with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, um, there was an article that I didn't pull that um, about Barbie, which I, I told Agent Seven I was going to do this, but Barbie broke, broke a million one. That's not the, what I was. That was not the the relation I was bringing up. Was actually, I think we did talk about it. No, broke a billion. Broke a yeah, billion. Yeah, broke a billion. Excuse Just, me. Excuse yeah. me. Sorry. Million. They, yeah, yeah. Million was like long gone. But um, Gal Gadot was supposed to be a part of the Barbie movie. And I think we did actually have a um, thing about that. Probably yeah, I think so. To go. But congrats to Barbie, regardless. Anyways, so well, you know who they should have had? Who's that? Was Linda Carter. In the Barbie movie, yeah, the sure. Barbie movie. I basically, well, well, actually, we don't know. If, we don't know. If, maybe they did. <laughs> maybe she pulled the pulled the Wonder Woman eighty four and just kind of winked in at the end or something. Uh, that's we would have heard by now. Um, right. Harley Quinn introduces trans and non binary uh, characters, and this is for the TV show. If if that's not clear, um, I think that show's going on four seasons. I think so. I know it started already. The yeah. current season started already. So it says, according to this article, the fifth episode of Harley Quinn's new season. I'm not going to say the name of the article, name of the the um, yeah, the name of the the title of the show, but that's kind of funny. Uh, introduced um, a new character named Alyssa, who is Batgirl's roommate, who is voiced by uh, trans actress Rain Valdez. Uh, Alyssa Yo is the character's name who was introduced in Batgirl number four, uh, volume four, number one, back in 2011. Uh, let's see. And also, Terra has been introduced, which, if you uh, have watched Young Justice and, you know, old episodes of Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go, you know who Terra is. So and I was about and I saw volcano all here. I was like, not volcano from Marvel because you know that's a different one. Mm. So, but uh, yeah, cool. Next up, next up, James Gunn confirms exactly how many episodes DC's Creature Commandos will be. It will only have seven episodes, as confirmed by James Gunn. So you know what if. You were expecting more, sorry, but I think seven episodes is a good episode count for a, a property, a group of characters that are unfamiliar to the vast majority of fandom. I would argue too much, and they could have brought back that Batgirl movie, but hey, <laughs> move right along. Um, hey, you 90s kids, Ed, Ed, and Eddie returns as an unofficial, uh, in an unofficial sequel, Peach Creek. And I think there's, um, I guess the first episode is, uh, attached to this article that I have from comicbook.com. So, y'all 90s kids know what Ed, 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 and Eddie is. I don't really have to go into it. So, you probably have seen it by now. Oh, wait, it's a, I will say that it is a fan project and not, not, not anything, um, official. So, but if you're still interested, hey, there you go. It's out there on the YouTubes. Next up. 
All right, Marvel fans got their first look at footage from X-Men 97 at San Diego Comic-Con. The upcoming revival of X-Men the Animated Series is, is expected to arrive on Disney Plus later in 2023 or in early 2024 if X-Men 97 recent rumors are to be believed. Since the project was announced, details have gradually been revealed, including a surprising change of leadership for the team of mutant heroes. Following the departure of Professor X, Magneto is set to take Charles Xavier's place as the new leader of the X-Men. This follows in the footsteps of the original New Mutants comics. I don't remember this happening in the cartoon, but I don't think I've watched it to this point. So apparently now they're teasing Cyclops using as because he's using Professor X's catchphrase in X-Men 97 as the new leader of the X-Men. So spoiler alert for however long that show has been off the air. Uh, yeah, it, the fifth season, which it was on, ended with uh, Charles Xavier leaving the Earth with uh, ah, Lelandra. With Lelandra? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotcha. I wouldn't gotcha. say possibly for similar reasons uh, that the with from the comic books, but I can't remember. But obviously, you know that show did kind of bring up comic book storylines, so it wouldn't be surprised if that be, that was the case. Uh, next up, Bing. So rumor mill for the Fantastic Four reboot. Um, Vanessa Kirby. Uh, is reportedly may reportedly play Sue Storm, the uh, Invisible Girl slash Woman, uh, in the whatever this next Fantastic movie four movie will be. I also saw rumors that Galactus is going to be uh, the big bad uh, in that movie, but I didn't, uh, uh, I couldn't find where that article went to, so it doesn't matter because <laughs> it's a um, it's a rumor at this point either way. nice next up overworked and underpaid vfx workers vote to unionize at marvel good for them yeah so uh call it the hollywood labor organizing version of avengers assemble so uh vfx crews at marvel have finally petitioned to demand union recognition from the studio On Monday, uh, a group of more than 50 employees filed a petition for an election to be represented by the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, IATSE, with the National Labor Relations Board. The workers are asking for the election to be held as early as August 21st. Good for them. And uh, they did the Assemble of Avengers because they were doing all of the work, the, the (laughs) the, the VF work for that and many other things. So, well said. Um, Benji Games 2 says, All I want is Silver Server. F- fam, they did that already. It was not a good movie. Um, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> I actually want to revisit those Fantastic Four movies, and I'm, I'm threatening to do that. And I hate, I'm going to hate myself for doing it, but I will. Oh, my goodness. Uh, speaking of hating yourself, Disney Plus. Let me stop. Um, oh, come on. Come on. Disney Plus hikes uh, prices as sales sink across the country. According to CNN. So, yeah, Disney Plus is going up in price. It was going to happen at some point, so not surprised. Uh, Hulu is also going up, by the way, because Disney owns a majority stake in Hulu, uh, as you may or may not know. So, um, Disney Plus, which was, I believe, the cheapest streaming service out there, is about to get a little bit more prices. 
pricey. So it says here it's going from wait, uh the ad free version will cost thirteen dollars. Yep. Uh starting in October, that's October twelfth specifically. And it this article notes that it's the second time the price has gone up from seven ninety nine to ten ninety nine, which yeah. Um, also Hulu is going up because the ad free offering is going up to $17.99 for Hulu and it, this article notes that there's an ad free package of Hulu Plus uh, and Disney Plus that will cost 20 bones which almost sounds good but not really I mean ad free yes but I, I don't know we'll see we'll I mean see the, the math works out yes Obviously, the math works out. It's just a matter of principle at this point. Basically. Um, it says, uh, this article also mentions, and uh, the last thing I'll mention is that uh, ad-supported subscription tier has been less left out of the uh, latest rounds of price hikes. Um, that offerings from Disney Plus will, or ad-supported subscription, excuse me, will remain at $7.99 a month. So... Which I don't remember seeing too many ads on Disney Plus, but you know, hey, <laughs> Benji Games Two says, "Ha it goes up when season two of Loki drops." Smart move on their part. Yeah, also Ahsoka because that's going to start next week. So there, yeah, yeah, but absolutely. yeah, but yeah, I guess Loki will be out around that time. So yeah, it's it was it was bound to happen one way or the other. Right. Next I mean, because at the end of the up. day, you know, you you wonder if maybe there are a bunch of drops because of the. The, the Marvel Studios offerings and, you know, I don't know what else has been really coming out on Disney Plus, like in terms of original programming. Some, I mean, there, I've seen, because I just looked fairly recently, but there's some like Nat Geo stuff and then there's some, you know, I think some Disney uh, Mickey Mouse uh, short stuff and that, and like there's some stuff that's going on there, basically, but I don't know if anything too many people care for. I saw Storage Wars on there or something. I'm like, why, why, why? But anyway, um. Oh, to the one part about this, I guess I should mention since we're talking money. Uh, the company reported a quarterly, quarterly revenue of twenty-two point three billion, compared to expectations of twenty-two point five billion. Oh no, a whole, <laughs> a whole point two billion. <laughs> oh no, what will they ever do? Um, revenue in linear television <laughs> continues to slip, declining seven percent. Blah blah blah. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Next up. Invincible creator and executive producer Robert Kirkman explains several reasons why the long-awaited season two of Invincible is being split into two parts. He admits that it's going to make things hit a little bit harder. And that is apparently the reason behind it. So, um, you know, in speaking with Collider, Kirkman explained that it's being split in two parts for narrative and scheduling reasons. And he says that uh, the biggest, uh, well, basically, you know, as I said earlier, it's uh, going to make it hit harder. Uh, take the next one, if you don't mind. Sure. I didn't even see what the next one was. Really oh, Invincible creator Robert Kirkman cried over working with animation legend Peter Cullen. <laughs> so, uh I'm pulling up the article. So it features uh, Peter Cullen in a key role. Um, and apparently, 
you know, Peter Cullen, we know, is uh, a legend who is best known as the voice of Autobot leader Optimus Prime. One shall stand, one shall fall. And uh, he plays a character, uh, you know, he, he's voicing a character in this Invincible animated series. And, uh, yeah, you know, apparently Kirkman says he flat out every fiber of his being was screaming, <laughs> don't ask him about Optimus Prime. Don't talk about Optimus Prime. What are you doing? Just be a professional. Come on. It's over, Prime. Never. So. Never. <laughs> there you go so yeah good good you know what good for kirkman getting a little bit of fanboy in out there yeah i don't know where cullen is at, at that point because uh, for remember he was not at, at certain times didn't care to be um didn't care to answer any questions about you know or do the voice uh, right for that matter just all willy-nilly um so I don't know if where he's at in that. So, um, yeah. Peter Garland, also way many other things, you know, other voices. But, yeah, that's let's face it. It all comes back to Prime for the, for that. Him and Frank Welker all over the place. Right. Um, next up. Sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, go ahead. Okay. The Boys star joins HBO movie satire aimed at massive cinematic universes. And this person is... Aya Cash, who plays Stormfront on The Boys. And they have joined the cast of the franchise, which was uh, announced a year ago and has been officially picked up um, as a series. So, cool. Uh, the franchise follows, promises to follow the crew of an unloved franchise movie as they, quote, fight uh, for their place in a savage and unruly cinematic universe, end quote. Okay. So what's funny about this, right, what's funny about this is that I think we brought this up, mm -hmm. but um, uh, I heard something about this show. I want to say it was maybe on the pop culture show on uh, from NPR. But apparently there's some, you know, some interest in this uh, show. One, because it's an HBO show, mm -hmm. right? So it's going to be well-written. Um, and two, I think the showrunner is uh, someone who's done, you know, other, you know, kind of uh, prestige type uh, television for HBO. I'm seeing v. I don't have the name. I don't have a name offhand, but my point being that apparently, you know, it's 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 probably going to be pretty satirical and biting. Right. It says this article says here that uh, the project boasts the involvement of Veep creator Armando Iannucci. That's who, it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Who worked on the pilot episode with showrunner John Brown, Sam Mendes, also from American Beauty and Skyfall and Spectre and some other and a bunch of other movies will direct the pilot. Uh, and also serve as an uh, executive producer alongside uh, Iannucci. And apparently, a bunch of names are going to show up. Uh, 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 going to show up on the show. Right. It was the it was the is the involvement of the 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 Veep creator that mm -hmm. uh, I was uh, enticing to the people, the podcast uh, host that I was listening to. Gotcha. Alrighty, Benji Games Next. Um, reminds me that there is going to be a World War Z TV show, and I totally forgot that was a thing that was happening. 
but okay. Yeah. Uh, so he's looking forward to it. Um, good luck with that. <laughs> um, John Sheridan is stuck in time in Babylon Five: The Road Home clip. So yeah, we've been seeing. There's been clips of uh, this new animated um, Babylon Five movie uh, that uh, J. Michael Straczynski's been been uh, publicizing about lately. Uh, there's a clip. I haven't watched it, but um, uh, it's it's out there for your perusal. And apparently, excuse me, it's it's a sequel to the original show. So I guess it, yeah, it takes place after the events of that. And I guess you can watch it on August fifteenth, which means two days from uh, this recording, uh, on digital and Blu-ray and uh, and X Y and Z. Next up. All right, so I'm not going to talk too much about these numbers, but apparently Sony Corporation reported its latest financial results in Tokyo this past Wednesday with revenue at the pictures at the motion pictures division down slightly to 2.3 billion. So, uh theatrical sales were up, but overall uh its bottom line, Sony Pictures bottom line dropped to a profit of just 115 million dollars. So, you know, because theatrical sales were up, revenue from new TV series and streaming licenses were down, promotional costs also increased. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was its biggest earner, taking in $591 million globally since its release at, release at the beginning of June. Um, interestingly, this does not include the digital sales, which probably just started. Because uh, I know that it just released digitally and soon the Blu-ray sales to follow because I know I will be going out and getting my Blu-ray to go along with my digital copy. Same. And vice versa, but yes, yeah, same. <laughs> um, Ghostbusters 1 and 2 are getting a limited edition 4K Blu-ray sets. So if you didn't already have a copy of Ghostbusters 1 and 2 somewhere between VCR, VHS, and DVD at this point, that's amazing, one. And two, hey, <laughs> you, you, got your, you got your 4K coming, uh, or, or Blu-ray for that matter, because it was probably Blu-ray prints of that. Uh, September 26th, but you can pre-order right now from places uh, that you would probably well know to be... Um, uh, pre-ordering from such as the two that are on the screen that are not sponsors well one of them is but the other's not uh, this article also goes goes through some of the um, um, uh, stuff on the disc but not a whole lot So, but you can check that out in the article next up uh, just as we spoke about the other uh, earlier in this uh, show, Mech Cadets animated series launched on Netflix starting to stream on August 10th. So that's just a few days ago, folks, just a day before the uh, anniversary of hip hop. So that is definitely why I missed it. I think I was watching Wu-Tang when it dropped. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the fact that one Mech Cadets came out this week and I ended up looking to see when this show comes come out, we probably would not have known until whenever. Um, right. So that's kind of funny. Um, oh, um, uh, earlier in the show, Agents, uh, not Agents, uh, Benji Game Sue said he added uh, Mech Cadets to his uh, list. So 
Good. We'll be talking about we will talk about it next week. Uh um uh our impressions. So good. Good. Yeah. Looking forward to watching it. That's all I can say. Next up though. Um uh, yes, folks. This is not comic book related, but hey, uh the next one is, but I'm putting it in here in a way because we can do that. Into the Dragon is fifty, y'all. Just like I'm about to be. Um <laughs> Just like hip hop, and just like hip hop, also. But hey, guess what? If you want to um, uh, celebrate a classic, uh, into another classic, I should say, uh, Enter the Dragon 50th Anniversary 4K Blu-ray is on sale ahead of the launch. Uh, this article goes through all the um, uh, what you get with said box or uh, said box is, I guess, because it looks like there's a couple of skews here. But um, you know, there's a regular version for twenty to twenty six bucks with um, that's four K with digital copy, 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 and that edition is already out on August eighth. And then there's a limited edition uh, that is also that will be out on August eighteenth, uh, which is next Friday. Um, yes, I'm not, I'm not tripping. Um, uh, which will go for eighty four fifty, and according to this, is ten ten percent off the list price. I guess as of right now on Amazon. So again, Into the Dragon, classic movie, Bruce Lee movie. Uh, y'all know it. Uh, it's uh, it's out there, folks. But the next bit of news uh, going into the anime corner is pretty freaking dope in relation. All righty, going into anime corner. Transmute. So the Bruce Lee, I, I hope Roddy Cat appreciates that I cut that a few days, uh, you know, like maybe uh, like earlier this week. I did, but I was also going to bring it, bring up the fact that the other version of uh, of Gotcha Man, they say Bird on. Ah, that's right. So Bruce Lee anime series House of Lee from Shannon Lee, his daughter, and Shibuya has been set. The trailer is, to, is set to debut. With Enter the Dragon 50th anniversary release. So, um, in marking the milestone, Shannon Lee is the, the marking the milestone of Enter the Dragon that we spoke about just just before. Uh, Shannon Lee is unveiling a new anime series, House of Lee, from Bruce Lee Entertainment, content platform Shibuya, and its co-founder artist Emily Yang. The first ever Bruce Lee anime project, House of Lee, will premiere in 2024. You can watch a trailer on a teaser trailer on YouTube. Yes, I haven't watched this yet, but I had to pull the story and put it in there because of that fact. Um, this image, though, just looks like some old, like some Mobile Suit Gundam uh, um, imagery, and I don't know if it's going to stick that way. But I'm looking forward to, to, to checking this out. Um, My Hero Academia gets another film, the fourth to be uh, precise. And it says here that uh, an event for the sixth season uh, was revealed this past, well, actually, this is a couple of weeks old. Uh, this is about a week or so old. So uh, on a recent Sunday that uh, it was revealed that My uh, Hero Academia is getting a fourth film. Uh, not to believe it that too much longer. So the sixth e season premiered in October 26, 2022, 25 episodes. It's on Crunchyroll. Um, the 
about it is going through a whole, whole lot of other things that has nothing to do with this movie that was announced. So I'm just going to say that there looks like to be there's a teaser trailer that is attached to this article. Uh, and no date on when this is going to actually happen, from what I can see here. And also, the anime is going to get a seventh season, by the by. The by. Because uh, people love them, some my hero. Can't say that. I mean, we knew that was coming up. Yeah, yeah. This thing's still kind of going. Next up. Next up. So, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe revealed some behind-the-scenes information about the upcoming Lazarus anime during his panel at San Diego Comic Con and confirms the surprising inspiration uh, behind it. So. Uh, basically he said that, uh, there is a surprising way that Cowboy Bebop, the new series Lazarus, and one of our favorites here on the comic book chronicles, John Wick are all related. Yes. And if you remember us talking about uh, this particular anime, Lazarus, last week, um, we mentioned, well, we mentioned someone else that is attached to this that has something to do with that with uh, the last mentioned uh, franchise. Pretty much you know who it is at this point. And that goes into um, the uh, inspiration of the, sh- the, the, of the thing, of the anime. So, again, looking forward to the, to, to this anime. <laughs> I don't know if it's a. Did it say anything about it being a manga prior to this? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I don't think. I so. didn't I think see anything was, in there. But regardless, whatever. Um, Shinichiro Watanabe is doing another anime. I'm I'm all for it. Next up, though, and just like episode said, just combining things we love. <laughs> Um, we're going over into, wait, uh, no, that's right. We are going over into, um, uh, Manga Corner. See, this is one of the reasons why I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> This is a bore right here. Um, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Just for that. Um, but go ahead and take this one. Oh, you, you want me to take this one? Okay. Well, I mean, uh, this was anyway, so. so there is no denying my hero academia's ability to wrench hearts time and again. The Shonen series has left fans in tears. So if you're caught up with the My Hero Academia manga, I am not. We are sure you know that we are uh, at the start of August 22. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, lots of stuff. So we're days out from a dark anniversary in the story of the My Hero Academia manga. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I need to catch up on. But I do know, uh, I, I, I understand what they're reflecting on here in this article. Yeah. Yeah, so you know what, folks? It just might be time to just bite that bullet. Subscribe to Shonen Jump. <laughs> Yeah, I just need to start on the the um the anime, but I'm also thinking along those lines. So something's going to happen here somewhat shortly, folks. Stay tuned for that. 
Um, I'm going to throw uh, something in really, really quickly. Uh, so my apologies. This kind of goes back to the anime corner, but um, I think you'll understand why I'm putting this in here. Um, so, um, not to believe it is in for Adidas announces a new anime collaboration with Bachi the Rock. So this is where we go and play. That's what I was trying to get to. Maybe I'll edit this. That's it. I'll try to edit. No, I won't. Uh, I, I was about to say I'll try to edit this. this. YouTube just screwed me all up on that one. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, so apparently, um, Bachi the Rock, which is an anime, is getting its own line of Adidas over in Japan. Um, there's a promo hyping up the anime collaboration with the girls of Bachi the Rock on Cine Stage. You, if you're watching the video version, you can see an image with um, uh, with the folks. I have no idea uh, what this anime is about, but I think I guess it's uh, some rockers or something. It's a music anime. Okay, I have seen. I think I've seen something on it, but I don't know too much about it. But I saw this on the side of like I have to talk about this. Plus, hip hop themed. Next up, exactly, uh, exactly, exactly. I get to the actual one, which is um, Super Dragon Ball Heroes announces a new arc. I think it's called Meteor Mission. Yep, it is. That is the next arc. Um, if you're watching, if you're reading the manga, you probably already will have known about this. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. That's pretty much it. I'm not sure when it's going to start, but um, this has got old news, uh, so it may have already started. So, next up. All right, there's going to be an official Fire and Ice Dark Wolf action figure coming from the Frazetta Estate. So the Frazetta Estate, the Frank Frazetta Estate, has revealed an official Fire and Ice action figure of the character Dark Wolf. Fire and Ice is a 1983 animated dark fantasy adventure film directed by Ralph Bakshi and was based on characters he co-created with the legendary artist Frank Frazetta as a longtime fan of Frazetta and his work. Apparently this is pretty cool. Yes, actually, and there was a book that came out last week that was um, from the same uh, thing, from, from the it was actually called Fire and Ice. Um, I, I assume it's from them, but I can't remember who's publishing it. So, But I did see that out there, and I think we did get a copy of it, but I was like, okay, sure. I'll okay. come through it at some Cl- point. I was about to say, in closing, the figure is currently up for pre-order, according to the link in this article, for $70. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? It looks like a quality figure. $70 is still pretty steep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, you got to get that money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, though, I will take these two uh, uh, for sure. obvious reasons. Um, Street Fighter Six is getting a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossover. In fact, it is already out as of this recording. Uh, this was announced at uh, this past weekend's Evo 2023, which I haven't uh, seen a whole lot of, which uh, that's crazy. But... Um, so yeah, this was announced, um, and it is already. I can confirm that it is definitely in the game. 
Um, but before you get your hopes up, because I feel like we talked about this before and uh, saying that the turtles should be in, I think Agent 7 might have been the one making a joke about the, the turtles being in Street Fighter 6. And I don't know if that was on the air or after the show, one of the two. But um, the sad news is they're not playable. It's just costumes, but you can... Um, yeah, you can dress your character, your 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 maid character, as one of the turtles, and there's emotes and some other things. Now here's the the, the rub for this. Um, each costume costs 750 fighter coins, which is the uh, which is the real money uh, currency in the game, uh, and that roughly breaks down to 15 bucks a pop. So yikes! Yeah, man. Uh, I forgot, I almost, actually, I went in the game to update it, but I didn't go in the game to see if anybody was out there rocking it, and I'm pretty sure there probably is. But according to this article from IGN that breaks down uh, what you would need to get all of um, all of the characters, uh, well, basically the whole, all of the, yeah, all of the character costumes and whatnot, you'll need 3,000 fighter corns, which looks like... Um, what I said, you would have to fork out fifty for two thousand seven hundred fifty and five dollars for two hundred fifty. So fifty five bucks will give get you the whole kit and caboodle if you are so inclined, or if if you like me, you'll probably just get Donatello and call it a day. That's fifteen dollars though. That's I don't know. That's a good, that's, that's a that's still a hard ask. <laughs> but I would probably still do it. I haven't done it yet. Um. Oh wait, yeah, it says here if you buy all four it's sixty yeah, sixty dollars, but it says fifty dollars, fifty five, whatever. So either way, that's fifty five, sixty bucks, that's almost the price of the game. So that's a lot of money for DLC for even if it is the turtles. Who are not playable in the game, even though I think their moves are might be in there or something. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's just the costumes. I'm gonna move on before I actually do get upset. Next up. In a crossover no one saw coming, G.I. Joe. We'll be getting an Axis and Allies game at Gen Con uh, this weekend, this past weekend. Renegade Game Studios announced G.I. Joe Battle for the Arctic Circle, a new game powered by the Axis and Allies gameplay engine. This marks the first time that Axis and Allies, a game involving controlling various theaters of war during World War II, has had a licensed version. The new game will feature over 110 figures, including iconic G.I. Joe vehicles, along with new strategic options pulled from the G.I. Joe franchise. Players can choose G.I. Joe or Cobra while battling for control of the Arctic Circle. Will you be able to uh, ice skate with uh, uh, Snake Eyes with the the Weather Dominator piece? I don't know. We'll see. This game is set to come out in 2024. I was going to say, or the the broadcast energy uh, transmitter. Is that going to be uh, playing to (laughs) to this as a piece? Um, So, yeah, yeah. Axis and Adlo Eyes was a a board game that I remember seeing when I was a Ute. (laughs) I'm like, who plays this? I I had friends. I have friends, good friends that played this. Atman Wang 97 is one of them. Of course. Uh, I just never... I just never had like a group of, uh, of friends that wanted to get together and play this. Right. Uh, Axis and allies, but I was always very much intrigued by the game. Right. This probably will do nothing. Well, it would make me curious to get just to get the game to have it, 
to see what was in it, but I don't, I don't know if I would actually do it. Also, I still want to go to Gen Con, but maybe next year. Next up, though, um, Hasbro announces new Transformers Thundercon Minasaur multi-pack. Uh, do we have uh, like pre-orders are live? Here we go, one hundred eighty-nine ninety-nine, aka one hundred ninety bucks in September. So there you go. I can't remember if I had Minnesota back in the day, but this is kind of making me upset if, if I did. No, no. Because <laughs> I don't have them anymore. So, next up. Uh, Magic the Gathering confirms some of its big crossover plans for the next few years, which includes collaborations with Fallout and Final Fantasy. I'm not sure what traditional Magic the Gathering players think of that. But this is part of celebrating Magic the Gathering's 30th anniversary, and Wizards of the Coast announced its plans for the game through 2026. I so along with uh, uh, let me finish this one then. Along with new original content, these plans also include crossovers with massive video game franchises, as I said, like Fallout and Final Fantasy, as part of the universe's Beyond initiatives. Go ahead. I am going to say, and I don't have that much current knowledge of, of this, but I can safely say that when they started doing these collaborations, people were, there was a section that were kind of upset, but again, there's a section that was always upset, but also they keep selling and people keep buying them. Therefore, you can be mad all you want. It's still, you know, <laughs> right. It still made money and they're still doing more because they, because they're doing it. And clearly, if they gotten to this point to start going this route, people are buying it enough to where they feel froggy enough to, to, to make these leaps. So, yeah. I mean, there was a couple of, I'm not going to, look, there's, there's a set that I still want to get that has Transformers cards in it. I, I have, don't have that yet. And then there was some other, um, I can't remember what they call them, drops, whatever they have that, that 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 started this whole thing off, and that I did get, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's a whole thing. But hey, like I said, somebody's buying them, so you can't be too mad, or you can, but you still somebody's still buying them, including those people that are <laughs> that are mad about it. Next up, though, um, ah, yes, I'm going to take these two um, to, to 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 save. Um, hey, just having a little bit of headache. Or not, but um, maybe it's a headache to him. I don't know. Don't care either. But um, <laughs> Disney Lorcana is uh, poised to uh, hit to, to to hit stores on August eighteenth. That is this coming uh, Friday. Uh, and this article uh, and the next article is uh, both uh, a beginner's guide to Disney Lorcana, which we have talked a slightly bit about. Uh, in the past few episodes, but also a uh, deck list of the starter decks if you're so inclined to see what's in them uh, uh, to get them. I will be on the hunt for these jo- jobbies. Um, don't ask me why, because you should already know if you've been here long enough. Um, or if you, you, know, you don't care, you don't ask. So yeah, uh, but I'm not going to go through any or all of this. Just know that the information is in the show notes if you are interested in it. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't already looked the stuff up. But yeah, looking forward to it. If uh, if I happen to get some by the next show or the the show after next, maybe I'll bring it up as a 
show and tell slash toy corner thing, which reminds me, I do have a toy corner thing for the end of the show. Uh, next okay. Time. All right. So speaking of toy corner, uh, Hasbro unveiled new Star Wars Black Series figures, which also include holiday figures for release into retail. Gosh. The next wave of Star Wars Black Series figures include an array of characters featured in the upcoming Ahsoka series uh, that's going to drop in two weeks from the date of this recording. The fallen characters will get new figures in the wave, Pre Rizla, Ahsoka Tano, Sabine Wren, Harris and Dula, and R2-D2. Hasbro will also release holiday edition figures, and I looked at some of them just now, and they're pretty silly. In this wave, the characters that come as holiday edition figures are a snow trooper, an Ewok, a purge trooper, a Jawa, and Salacious B. Crumb, and a Mandalorian scout. I might get that R2. I I, I shouldn't. (laughs) I shouldn't. But I might get that R2. Some of these other ones, yeah, like you said, are are silly looking, but also some of them look kind of good. Also kind of funny. Remember in the Star Wars toys back in the uh, action figures back in the day, how they were differently colored and whatnot. It's, it's right. kind of funny seeing these. Anywho, um, I just went through some of those. You can check out the rest of them uh, in the show notes. Agent 70, why don't you take this one, if you don't mind? Uh, okay, give me one second and I'll open it. <laughs> All righty. So WizKids has unveiled Heroclix plans, I presume also at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Um, Wiz- WizKids announced a number of new Heroclix releases spanning the next 10 months at uh, the fan appreciation, fan appreciation event it held during the Gen Com game, game convention in Indianapolis. So in December, WizKids will launch Marvel Heroclix Marvel Studios Next Phase, featuring more than 60 characters drawn from the MCU including She-Hulk, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Werewolf by Night, and I Am Groot. The set will be available in booster brick format with $169.90 MSRP. A play-at-home kit will also be offered for $19.99. To support the new blah, blah, all right. Oh, Hero Clicks Iconic. Sherlock Holmes will bring the famous occupants of 221B Baker Street to the tabletop in January. This set offers some... Of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's best-known characters, including Dr. Watson, Professor Moriarty, Irene Adler, the Baskerville Hellhound, and two versions of Sherlock Holmes himself. A special thematic mystery card rounds out the set. This is a $39.99 set. January also sees the DC Heroclix Gotham Villains monthly organized play kit coming out. Uh, That's going to be... It doesn't have a price, but that's going to be coming out. Uh, in January of 2024, and yeah, there's a couple of other kind of cool things coming out, like Marvel Hero Clicks Deadpool Weapon X coming out in February. Uh, Peacemaker gets his own treatment uh, from Hero Clicks. Uh, that's going to be a $50 set. Uh, yeah, the prices are here and there in this article, but interestingly, Hero Clicks is still humming along. Yeah, uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see the Teen Lantern uh, Hero Clicks figure, which I think. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's, is the only Teen Lantern figure in in existence at this point. From because uh, uh, there's no, you know, well, I'm, I'm sure um, McFarlane will get around to to her at some point. I don't know, but there's also um, 
Casey Sands marking a couple of other folks. So yeah, there's some stuff out there. Eight to seventy. Are you still interested in hero clicks? Uh not really, because it's just more money. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, does this make you? Does any of these figures make you interested in? Not re- <sighs> listen. You know, if I had, uh, if I was part of a gaming community, maybe, but mm-hmm. not right now. Gotcha. Well, we'll we'll go into something that would be slightly more of eight and seventies early with. Uh, Hasbro Disney Plus Marvel Legends Hydra Stomper 6-inch scale wave, which is uh, already on pre-order. This is slightly old news from last week that we I don't think we got around to, or we may have talked about before, but finally got pictures of. Uh, the wave is Talos, Kingpin from Hawkeye series, uh, Talos from Secret Invasion, Goliath from What If, uh, Yelena from Hawkeye series, uh, Gamora from What If, Agatha Harkness from WandaVision, uh, 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 wait, and Secret Invasion Nick Fury. And of course, like uh, the aforementioned uh, Builder figure is Hydra Stomper from What If. Are you going to hold out for comic book Goliath or are you going to jump on this one? I would probably hold out. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Just curious. Yeah. Actually, I'm trying to see. So I'm, I'm flipping through, and I apologize for the clicking, folks. I'm trying to click through. Or if there's like a maskless version, and it's Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> That's probably never going to happen. <laughs> I'm just uh, saying. Uh, but I don't think th- I don't think there is. I don't think no. I think they would have revealed that to this point. But well, first of uh, all, have we? I don't think we've. Seen this version of right. This is in the this is in the upcoming what what if right. So we don't know who it is. I'm assuming it's Lawrence Fishburne. I would assume that as well. But again, we don't we don't necessarily know. So and actually, wait. Um. Well, I don't know. I doubt clicking. Oh wait. No. Okay. It's not. Yeah, I'm not seeing a maskless version. So. Right, I had looked for one before, but now that the pre-orders are up, I you know like there would be more incentive for them to show what's coming in the box. <laughs> First comment here is like, "I love this wave; it gives my wallet a huge break." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that that is fair." But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre um, also, H seventy and I had been talking about some other stuff that has been on pre pre sale, which I still haven't gotten that yet, including a. Doctor Doom, Captain Marvel, two two piece, and the Wacko's whole wave, which I still haven't. Well, so speaking of that, speaking out. of that, it's about Uh-oh. to ship because mm. apparently Amazon moved the release date for the Marvel Legends Amazon exclusive West Coast Avengers box set to August fifth, so it mm-hmm. should be on its way to you. No, because I didn't order it. So, oh well, it's on its way to people who pre-ordered already. Yeah, I was I, I like I said I, I was debating about plunking down on it. I was like, ah, I can't do it. <laughs> I needed that. So I'm of, tempted because the you know the the Julia Carpenter Spider Woman is a little different, right? You know, what sucks is that it's the only, this is probably the only way we're going to get Comic Book Mockingbird. Yes, you know this but, version, like this old school version of right. Mockingbird, because we do have a version, but it's in her newer gear. Right, and, and and that's just tough. It's a tough sell for me. Yeah, it's a tough sell for me because I, you know what, like like I would actually get this 
I'd, I'd be tempted to get this because I'd be getting the, 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 the Tigra or the Tigra also because I'd never got the, the version that came out recently. Yeah, I got that one, the retro version. Yeah. Right, so I might, you know, like I'd be more tempted to get this because I'd be getting actual figures I don't have. Um, I just don't like that it's just another uh, Silver Centurion Iron Man. You yeah. know, I already have, I got that one. Same. So. But to get a, uh, a Dr. Film. Right, that's you know that yeah you you have to balance it you know just like <laughs> figuring out you know what it is like when you stop being completist that's when you start really considering like is this really gonna be what I want you know is this gonna fulfill my desire to get these figures right uh, I wouldn't necessarily get the wave because like I said the aforementioned Silver uh, uh, Centurion I mean I probably would get those the Tiger still but definitely mm-hmm. the the Spider Woman and, and Michael Burr, even though I have the uh, the um the the newer I have the other Spider Woman. That's the thing. That's the killer. And you know, I if I didn't have that Spider Woman, I'd be very tempted. Right. So yeah, it's a it's a hard sell at that point. Well, we'll yep. see. Um, and that was the next story, so we can push on to. Oh yeah, that's exactly why I read it that way. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, guess what? <laughs> mm-hmm. So now we can get on to comic book news. Uh, 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 hold on, I got a transition. Okay, for sure, you. go for it. I got a transition. Daredevil returns to his most controversial costume in new Marvel series. Um, I thought the yellow suit was his most controversial. And, but, okay. Sure. Uh, 1993's Daredevil 321 um, brought us the red and black armor, and now it's back. Um, goes to that whole storyline. We're not going to get into that. But... Um, Marvel Comics revealed that Daredevil Black Armor Number One uh, by Mark Bagley. By well, excuse me, the cover is by Mark Bagley and variant by well, da, 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 who's the thing uh, was revealed. You can see it on the video version if you're watching. There's some quotes here. There's a official description. Of which I will not go through because I'm looking for the the um, creative team. Oh, okay. So that was the creative team. Written by D.G. Chichester or Chichester. Art by Netha Diaz with cover by Mark Bagley. And there's a cover variant by Rafael Grissetti. It goes on sale November 22nd. Uh, so stay tuned for that if you care. Next up. Speaking to Marvel.com, Sensational She-Hulk writer Rainbow Rowell previewed what's in store for Jennifer Walters in the new upcoming series. So this is following the Rainbow Rowell's Eisner Award nominated on She-Hulk. So it's going to be a new book, Sensational She-Hulk, this October. Right. So we didn't talk about the last issue of uh, She-Hulk because I don't think we had gotten it at the time. And this right. article came out back in July, so th- I, I don't know how I missed that. But nevertheless, um, since we still didn't get to talk about it, uh, talk about the last issue, yeah, I, I forget to bring it up here. So, The Continuing Adventures of She-Hulk. Yay. I'm, 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 I'm uh, happy for all right. So, So issue 15 was the last issue of that run. Right. Got it. That I did not know. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Since we didn't get a chance to talk about it, because like we didn't uh, at the, the week that came out, we were, the, what was going on was going on, so that we didn't get it. But hey, like I said, uh-huh. more She Hope, more Jin, more same creative team, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Well, I guess I have to circle back to read issue 15. Yep. Because I don't remember here. what happened in it. So. Uh, this was it. Like I said, we didn't get, like I said, it was one of those we didn't get before the show. Gotcha, 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 so, gotcha, gotcha. And yeah, I think I didn't read it either for, for that reason, but I think I have it, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, next up, though, um, I don't want to take this, but I will. Sentry's back. <laughs> Why? I don't know. But this December, The Century is back in all new limited series by two of Marvel's most promising new creators, according to this Marvel article. Um, Jason, writer Jason Liu and artist Luigi Zagara, Zagaria, excuse me, are bringing back uh, Bob Reynolds. Or I guess we're bringing back The Central. We don't know if it's Bob Reynolds, because last we checked, Bob Reynolds in The Century was dead. So from what this is describing... It says here, the century's dead, but ordinary people all over the world are suddenly manifesting his powers, which brings me back to the death of Superman. And experiencing Bob Reynolds' memories, which uh, brings me back to um, Rise of Superman or whatever came out of the death of Superman, where when we, when we end up getting four new Superman uh, during that time. And this is just reeking of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah... Um, December 6th. Uh, I'm sure uh, Matt Wang is probably happy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Next up. Spider-Man Reign 2 is now confirmed. As we said earlier, Marvel is sticking by its assessment of Reign as the, quote, most notorious Spider-Man story ever. Have they read Brand New Day? Um, Marvel Comics has confirmed that the notorious Spider-Man sequel that previously teased will in fact be a sequel to writer-artist Kari Andrews' 2006 limited series, Spider-Man Reign. Spider-Man Reign tells the tale of an older Peter Parker coming out of retirement for one last big adventure as Spider-Man, not unlike the classic Batman story, The Dark Knight Returns. Why is it notorious? Because in the world of Spider-Man Reign, Mary Jane is dead after getting cancer from exposure to radiation through, you know... Bodily fluids introduced to her by Spider-Man. Which is also reminds me of a movie that of a similar note of a softcore frame. But we won't talk about that because we try to keep this somewhat family friendly. Um, yeah. Also, I was th- thinking the other because that was had some notoriety, let's say. I don't know. I never read mm-hmm. Rain in the first place, so when I read this, uh, um, read whatever that was, as I said earlier, in the back of um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 31, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Where is this from? But people seem to have done that work. I never read it, so, okay. Next up. <laughs> uh, the Mad Titan goes to war against the Illuminati in New Thanos series, which we talked about, the, uh, I mentioned the Illuminati earlier for a reason. I did not know it was going to come back up. Or did I? Chris Kent, Christopher Kent, uh, well, I'm hoping this is, yes, it says Chris Kent well, but we don't, I'm not going to go down that road again. Anyway, uh, this is the one we know that wrote Doctor Doom, Iron Man, and, and, and et, cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and it's writing holy hell, what is he writing now? Um, 
He's writing stuff that I'm, that I'm reading. I can't remember what it is. I'm drawing a complete blank right now. I'm, it's late. Um, and Luca Pizzari apparently is, is doing the art on this four-issue limited series uh, that is, uh, according to this article from Marvel, once again, presents a riveting fresh take on the Mad Titan. Titan. The saga will follow Thanos as he rockets to Earth from the darkest depths of the cosmos to undertake his most ambitious concrete quest. Yes. Unlike the other five or ten that he's done the same thing with. Oh, and, and here's what ties back to what I said earlier about the Illuminati, apparently, because uh, the only ones that can quell his passionate fury is the uh, new Illuminati of, wait for it, Mr. Fantastic, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, and uh, Emma Frost and Blue Marvel, which, I, you know, which will explain why uh, Emma Frost mentioned that in Immortal. Because, uh, yeah, this is, this is leading to that. Or that was leading to this. Go figure. Synergy, I guess. But yay. Uh, check it out on November the 8th, if you so care. We will probably be talking about it one way or the other. Next up. All right. So, uh, in advance of Avengers Inc., number one, Marvel Comics released an official trailer for its first issue, a new mystery series from writer Al Ewing and artist Leonard Kirk. A synopsis for issue number one is her name is Janet Van Dyne. She's a hero. She's a celebrity. She's hunting a killer. His name is Victor Shade. He's a villain. He's an enigma. He just got killed. And this September, Avengers Inc. is out to solve every mystery in the Marvel Universe, starting with their own. Okay. Uh, Avengers Inc. number one goes on sale Wednesday, September 13th from Marvel Comics. Issue number two follows suit on Wednesday, October 18th. Yeah. So I can't wait for this because, like I said previously, Al uh, Ewing did that Wasp uh, um, anniversary uh, miniseries, and that led up to this because, yeah, something happened at the end of that that led up to this. Now, that part about the Victor Shade being killed, I don't know. That I guess maybe that's going to lead to this, or that's, I don't know, that's weird. I, I did not know that. But okay. We'll see. Anyway, keep it pushing because this, this show's been going long enough. Uh, your first look at the cover of uh, an original graphic novel, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur Soar, Wreck and Roll. Get your roll on. Everybody, everybody, get your roll on. Um, April, excuse me, April 2nd, 2024 is when this all-new story by Stephanie Williams and Asia Simone will hit the bookstores. So this is a, um, like I said, a graphic novel uh, based off of the sh the Disney Plus version of Lunella Lafayette, not the you know the the, the comic book version. Uh, slight difference, but not by much, except for she's a little aged up uh, in the show. Anyway, next up. All righty, one moment. Uh. Image Comics has signed an exclusive deal with Simon & Schuster for distribution to the book channel effective January 2024. Simon & Schuster also distributes Viz Media and Boom Studios titles to the book market. The move follows Image's announcement in May that it will move to Lunar for distribution to the direct market. Effective September 2023, previously Image had exclusive contracts with Diamond Comic Distributors for comic shops, 
and Diamond Book Distributors for the Book Channel. Diamond will continue to distribute Image Comics uh, properties uh, to the direct market as a wholesaler. Okay. And speaking of Simon & Schuster, uh, Paramount, who apparently owns uh, Simon & Schuster, uh, has previously attempted to sell Simon & Schuster to Penguin Random House, but the deal was stopped by the government due to antitrust concerns. Um, but yeah, apparently it says he's, uh, yeah, the, the Paramount's trying to, trying to get rid of Simon & Schuster. Um, so, oh wait, it says private equity firm KKR is purchasing Simon & Simon, Simon Schuster from Paramount for $1.62 billion. So apparently they did get rid of uh, uh, Simon & Schuster. So... There you go. Uh, KKR might be known for their acquisition of RJR Nabisco, Nabisco, which was mm. chronicled in the book Barbarians at the Gate, which became both a film and television series. So, did not know that. Uh, apparently, they have their hands in a wide range of industries, which includes uh, RB Media, uh, OneDrive Inc., um, uh, a major distributor of ebooks, libraries, etc. Stuff, 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 stuff. Oh, and they agreed to sell RB Media for a, a, a high price. So people are getting money left and right, and neither one of us are uh, Agent 70 and myself. Well, not myself. Agent 70 is getting money. Get money. Next mm. up. Just months after IDW Entertainment went through a significant overhaul, rumors have started to emerge that a number of titles from its creator owned comics line have been canceled as the result of, quote, policy changes, unquote, at the company. The rumors went public Monday when comic book writer Alex DeCampi tweeted, I'm hearing anecdotally that a bunch of IDW original series are getting the chop due to policy changes at the company. She, uh, uh, I, uh, I'm happy, he's happy to do what I can to, uh, via intros, et cetera, to help your book land at a new publisher. Although IDW declined to comment when approached by, uh, Popverse, the reporting, uh, uh, body on this, about the rumor, one of the creators who was attached to an IDW originals title, Will Dobson, had already tweeted what appeared to be at least partially conf- confirmation uh, it appeared to be at least partial confirmation of this news a day earlier, writing, quote, my creator-owned book with IDW just got canceled midway through making it. I'm devastated after spending years on the pitch. I'm truly gutted. This was a huge opportunity for me as a creator, and now it's gone. Guess I'm free if anyone wants to hire me. So as uh, Wu-Tang would say, cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> Indeed. I noticed one of the titles that uh, that was an IDW original was G. Willow Wilson's and Craig's Wild Goose's The Hunger in the Desk, which I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. It started out pretty good, uh, so I don't know if that's on the block or not, or if any of this, how true any of this is, is but I guess we'll stay tuned to see what's going on with that. Uh, spoiler for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, apparently Lord Zed is on the come up. Um, uh, or the glow up, I guess it was. So I guess he got a got a power up. He got a zord. He got some stuff happen to him. 
He's on the team as a ranger. Uh, and he has a Zord. Yes. So Lord Zed has a Zord. Say that five times fast. Um, and going up against his ex-boo, Rita Repulsa, who now goes by uh, Mistress Vile. Because the enemy of my enemy, et cetera, et cetera. Keep it pushing. Last but not least. DC's Batman Adventures Omnibus. We have a first look here on comicbook.com. So uh, this is the comic book series based on Batman the Animated Series. So it's going to be 1,200 pages, collecting all 36 issues of the Batman Adventures. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking for the release date, and that is September 5th from DC Comics. There we go. And that, folks, is the news. Uh, Before we get one last ad read, I'm just going to, let's see if I can do this without having to take off, take my um, my, uh, virtual thing off, because I really don't feel like doing that. Toy Corner! Indeed. Actually, I will do I need to organize this shit a little better. There's you, there's me. What's in the box? Well, Agent 70, I'm glad you asked because what's in the box is. But that might work out. No, it does not. Uh, Alright, let's see if we can do this. There we go. Come on, find it. Find it. Alright, folks. What we're about to do. Yep, there we go. I was trying to give it a nice backing here so it has something to stand off of. Uh, and that's kind of playing, but. Ah, that's the role playing book! That is the role playing book. The Mar. Okay, you know what? I was about to say, did you get it for the discounted price? Because I saw that it went down. I. Yes, I believe I did actually. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. I was thinking of ordering it this week because it is now thirty six ninety five or something like that on oh, really? Amazon. Oh man, it went it went down lower then. Yeah, but yeah, I did get it at the the uh, the, the lower price at the time. In fact, here you go. Gotcha. There, there we go. You can see it right there against me. Um, it's a it's a pretty sturdy hardback. So you know, let's. This is the the official. It is now the official core rule book, and not that playtest stuff that uh, people have been messing with. Uh, for a time, including myself, which I've barely actually read, to be if I'm being totally honest. Wow! wow. Oh, it's got that new book smell too. It smells so good. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm flipping through the pages. If you can see, uh, you can see the artwork there going on. You probably can't see the the lettering, but hey, that's okay. I'll be checking this out. I'm still debating about whether there's the back of it. By the way, I'm still debating about getting a digital copy of this. And uh, as Agent 70 and I probably still both wish, I wish they gave you uh, a digital copy to go along with this. Just like they do with the comic book. Oh, wait a minute. Is there a digital copy? Oh, no. <laughs> no. I got happy I got happy for a second. There's a, some QR codes. I'm not going to show them. Uh, but there's some QR codes for uh, adjacent materials, let's just say. Hmm. Yeah, because you can you can also get this um, on like Roll Twenty and Demiplane, 
which is which is a uh, roll twenty is a um a virtual uh D and D um toolkit which you know you mm-hmm. may see people playing with if they're trying to play virtually with people and I think Demi Plane is also either another one or a part of that. So and I just there's just QR codes to that. Uh oh and also a QR code for uh Marvel.com slash RPG which is the place where you can find character sheets and stuff for this that you can print out and whatnot, which I, I recall I have done in the past. I don't know if they've changed the, the character sheets. Maybe I should check again. But sadly, no, um, no, um, no digital copy of this book. But, uh, yeah, cool stuff. Um, like I said, like he just simply said, it's out there for a reduced price. Uh, if you are looking to get into this, uh, this is the the the, the core rule book, and there's going to be some other sets coming out later on, which we I think we've talked about previously. But yeah, good stuff. I'll be helping to check this out. Hopefully, I can get into a game with uh, in, uh, of this at some point. But if not, yeah. then I have this book. I, I I'm definitely looking forward to picking up the book. You know, I saw the price drop. I was like, you know what? I might as well pick that up soon. So. Right. You know, yeah. That and Shonen Jump. That and jumping on Shonen Jump. Actually, right. And I'm going to show it again because apparently I did not have it on the stupid uh, thing that I had clicked over to. So there, there you it go. Is. There's the back. Um, me flipping through the pages again. You know. That's it. All you D&D nerds. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to go out there and look and see if anybody's like... Uh, running any campaigns on this because i think there is a, a, a intro campaign in here uh if it's just like the one that's in the play play test sure so somebody's probably running it whether virtually or actually so we shall see and that folks is the uh the end of the um the books and the toy corner again can we get one last ad read sir our last ad read of the night is to help us keep our podcast free by shopping at amazon Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through cspn.us. Do it today. Man, I feel sorry for Canada because it says here seventy five bucks. That's ridiculous. But I also know that things are usually more expensive there. Anywho, that folks brings us to the end of the show. As I sniff this book in passing, um, we will be back next week for another show. We will definitely give them, have a, a impressions of Mechadets, likely, and we will. Uh, prepare for Ahsoka um, which will come out oh actually no yes which will come out the week after the next the next show which the next show is going to be coming out uh, as at this point <laughs> in probably about three or four days or recorded yeah. in the next three or four days so yeah do with that with what you will um, 8 to 7 I don't know if you have anything else to say in passing no, just that I am from the USA. Indeed. 
Happy uh, 50th birthday, hip-hop. I love you. We love you. You have changed sometimes for the worst. Well, hip-hop hasn't changed. Rap has definitely changed for the worst. Uh, that's all I'm going to say it that way. <laughs> and with that, folks, I have been Radicat. I was about to say, you don't hear me arguing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I figured you, you, would, you would feel similarly. Um, yeah. Uh, I have been Radicat. You have, uh, uh, you can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. And yes, I know it's called X, but I'm still called Twitter. But you can also find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Agent70 on Twitter and Instagram and threads. I don't know how many more times I'm going to end up saying threads, but hey, for the time being, you, you got me. Uh, or you got him. Uh, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com on Twitter, excuse me, popculturenet on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com and don't on the site there in. Take another half of this book. And um, last but never, never, ever least, one Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Cumber Chronicles Twitter account, um, the, the Click Nation on Twitter, theclicknation.com. Also, uh, he's over on uh, comicbook.com, writing his face off. Which actually reminds me of something I've been meaning to go check on comicbook.com in relation, but we'll do that after the show. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today! You can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice with the Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yep, that's it. Um, um, uh, YouTube.com slash The Click Nation. We record and Twitch.tv slash Combo Chronicles. Y'all know the vibes. See us next Thursday on those two places, 9.30-ish Eastern Standard Time, which actually will, again, be a few days from this recording, uh, which is a Sunday night. Um, and with that, folks, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Yeah. Peace. Interestingly, we were not in movie protocol, but in hip hop protocol. Yo, so, <laughs> peace out, y'all. Almost over, y'all. Yeah, I really stand. Uh, uh, uh.